Welcome to The Catalyst, where we explore creative ideas to spark innovation in an unhealthy healthcare system. I'm your host, Dr. Lara Salyer, a physician and mom of three who is reimagining the way I practice medicine after suffering and overcoming burnout. Join me as I teach you how to optimize flow and catalyze your own revolution in healing. Tune in for candid conversations with leading experts in conventional and holistic healthcare who dare to believe a better future is possible for all of us. Life is made of teeny catalytic moments of immense impact. When strung together, the transformation is magical. Join us and let's color outside the lines. Welcome to the Catalyst Podcast. In this episode, we're talking about primal play. You're going to meet Daryl Edwards. He is a former investment banking technologist turned movement coach and author. He's the founder of the Primal Play Method and a physical activity, health and play researcher. The Primal Play Method fuses the science of evolutionary biology with exercise physiology and play psychology. He wants to inspire humans, regardless of age, ability or disability, to transform their health by making physical activity fun and engaging. His work has been featured on BBC documentaries, TV, radio, podcasts and international press recently featured in the New York Times. Daryl is the author of the best-selling book, Animal Moves, and has released a range of fun fitness cards for adults, juniors, infants, office workers, and fitness professionals called the Animal Moves Decks and a children's picture book called My First Animal Moves. He regularly presents as a keynote speaker at events worldwide. His April 2019 TED Talk, Why Working Out Isn't Working Out, has now been viewed over a million times. He resides in London, England, and publishes about playful living at primalplay.com. Now listen, this was one of my favorite interviews. I know I might say that a lot, but really this was awesome. You're going to hear us gush about the similarities of reclaiming your childhood glee when it comes to physical activity and how important that is. That's neurologic flow. That is what I'm all about. Self-expression, creativity, bringing that back into your daily routine. You're going to hear how he incorporates primal play, what the three pillars of primal play are, and you're going to learn about why We need to learn what's not working in our current exercise programs, how you can inspire your own body to be curious about movement, how to find your own personal prescription for play, and what it feels like to match that inner memory of childhood, exploration, curiosity, playfulness, gamification, and find the adult equivalent because Daryl Edwards is going to show you how. So listen in on this amazing interview with Daryl Edwards, one of my favorite people that I met while speaking at the IPM Congress in London, uh, one of the first in a mini series of other guests. Uh, He is changing the world and we're bringing you along with us. I'm so excited about this episode of the Catalyst Podcast because I am starting to go through my top favorite VIP people that I met while at the IPM Congress in London. And who better to start with than Daryl Edwards? He is a movement coach, and we'll go into what that means. We're going to talk about his mission. But what really struck me about his whole presence is you can't avoid being magnetized and drawn to his booth. He was the only one that was showing demonstrations and had colorful ways to incorporate movement and exercise in your life. And he truly is a creative genius when it comes to rethinking about movement and exercise in terms of longevity. So without further ado, thank you, Daryl, for coming on the podcast. 
for such a colorful introduction. Um, I'm really pleased to be on the show. Oh my goodness. So let's talk about your story because I was enthralled as I was touring these booths and looking and you shared your story of, of pain and of suffering and movement challenges. And it really inspired me to think, wow, this, this could be something that could be incredible for everybody. So if you don't mind, share how you started this animal move, this primal play movement. So uh, I'll go, I'll go back to my previous vocation. So I worked within investment banking technology, very lucrative, um, extremely hardworking. It was a meritocracy, that, but the, the bank got their pound of flesh for sure. So there wasn't much sleep. There wasn't much in terms of focusing on my lifestyle or my well-being. It was all about, I'm here to make the bank money, and that's all that matters. And there came a point in time when having an annual health check and being told things aren't looking too good for you. So this was sometime in my mid-30s. And I was told, you, you need medication to manage your um, hypertension, your high blood pressure, you are pre-diabetic, you're very close to full-blown type 2 diabetes, we need to manage that. You also um, are dealing with issues with your, your lipid profile, your cholesterol and triglycerides. You need to manage that. So here's a cocktail of medication. You need to go on it immediately. And I was like, I, I, I thought this was for, for all the people, you know. And uh, I was told, well, you're kind of old now. So, <laughs> you, so, you know, you need to start taking these meds. And, and I remember saying to my doctor, well, I read somewhere about physical activity, about exercise being good at managing blood pressure. You know, I'm really sedentary. I'm just sitting down all day. I'm sitting down at home. I'm commuting in, in a, you know, sitting. So, so maybe I can at least manage that. You know, do, do I have any time before I need to definitely need to take the meds? And so I, I basically bartered for a month or two of trying to change my lifestyle. And my doctor didn't give me too much pressure. He's like, we can give it 30 days or so. I'm, on, I'm going away on holidays. We'll, we'll repeat the bloods and we'll see how, you, how you're getting on. And fortunately for me, when I got my next phone call from the doctor, um, my doctor basically reviewing the bloods, he was on vacation. So when he called, I was like, this sounds really suspect. You know, it's probably really bad news. But my doctor said, things are looking really good. Uh, are you taking any meds? No. Are you sure? No. He's like, well, I can't wait to get back into the office. Uh, to see you because we need to discuss the results, um, but it's looking good. So I was like, okay, you know, Whee! saw the doctor and he said, these, these results are incredible. He says, what have you been doing? I was like, well, I started exercising. This is what I'm doing. And so he said, I'm going to have to start looking into some of the research around exercise and as an intervention for some of these issues. And I'm like, what do you mean research? You know, expecting me to be like a guinea pig or something. He's like, no, 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 no. There's, there's literature out there. In the, in the field of exercise science. And I was like, doctor, do you mind sharing that with me? So I had no idea. Um, I came from a computer science background, had no idea about this body of research. So that began my journey into utilizing exercise as a health intervention. And in relation to my, my health markers, my biomarkers of health, my blood pressure came down to normal. My blood sugars came down to normal my cholesterol profile improved significantly. So 
I, I literally went bet from between 30 to 60 days of you must take these meds to actually everything's fine for now. We'll just keep on reviewing this going forward. Wow. And, um, and I must admit, I wasn't, I wasn't a kind of pharmaphobe, like, you know, I, I will do whatever it takes not to take any meds. I yeah. was like, doctor, if anything changes, yes. I'm, I'm not going to hesitate. You were realistic. So, you were realistic. Yeah. 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 I was realistic about this. And, and so my doctor says, yeah, we'll just keep checking. So it's initially every, every three months and every six months, then annually. Now it's every couple of years. And, and my health markers basically stabilized. So, so that was my first encounter with the power of physical activity, um, which I kind of now coin movement as medicine. So I was like, movement is medicine. It isn't just about getting into shape. It's also about improving my health. And my doctor looking at the research and my doctor basically determining whether I was just an anomaly or whether this was something that could benefit many made me kind of jump onto, right, I want to cross train. I want to become a personal trainer. I want to become a movement coach. I want to look into the field of exercise physiology, which is the science of how exercise basically benefits our, our cells. Uh, and I want to do this. I want to, I want to change career. So, so that's what I did. Cross trained, got heavy into the books, decided I wanted to train others to perform better, to, to live better through movement. Um, I played with nutrition for a while, initially as a personal intervention, then trained as a nutritional therapist. So I could at least advise my clients on how to fuel their activity. But I realized movement was my, my main love. So that was the, the kind of start of my transition out of investment banking to making lots of money, to making no money, to then figuring out, okay, this is all well having a passion and a love for this, but how do I monetize this? How yes. can I not no longer just live off the savings, <laughs> which yes. is what I did. It, yes. <laughs> and, it, and before we go into part two, I want to just highlight, first of all, the bravery to know where your passions lie and to have that courage to leave a lucrative job. And, you know, that pays a, gr a great money and, you know, but that you found a different purpose and a different, uh, you know, value shift that you wanted to concentrate on your health and fitness. So that was brave, but also this is where I encourage our listeners because we have listeners of all kinds of trainings, whether it's alternative, holistic, conventional doctors, NHS, general GPs. Um, I am very moderate when I say I don't believe one system of healing is the answer. I think we need all perspectives. And this is a great example why I believe that routine screenings and regular checks with a general doctor saying, hey, you know, you don't know that your lipids are high because you're not going to feel that, you know, you may not feel right. hypertension, right? And so yeah. what's great about your story is you're showing like, okay, that really landed on me and it made me think differently how I wanted to spend my life. And you also are very motivated. So whatever that piece of motivation is for patients, and if you're listening and you have your own private practice, that's why I don't always test people right away because you don't know. Some people are motivated just wanting to make change without evidence, but that's another reason why testing helps. If you get evidence of what's happening, people suddenly have a lot of motivation to change. And you're an example of that. So I love that you took that, rethought your career, got nutritionist you know, training, and then you started 
expounding. And so I'd love to hear part two of your story. So I, this transformation, this personal transformation, getting healthier, getting fitter, performing better, and helping others. So people initially started asking me for advice. Then I realized I wanted to be better informed so that I could advise individuals. And I, I wrote or started a blog called the fitnessexplorer.com. And, and I had a lot of a significant amount of feedback uh, in terms of people being aware of my journey from sedentary, uh, you know, individual to somebody who loved exercise and was exploring all different aspects of fitness ultimately to improve one's health and vitality, maintaining youthfulness. And so the next part of my journey was kind of twofold. One was starting to have clients, clients who initially I was like, I want high paying, high ticket clients um, in a small box gym that uh, I control the membership and ideally those who worked within investment banking or, or similar who were happy to, to pay the big, the big pounds, uh, the big moolah, like, yes, I'm happy to do this. I'm happy to put the work in. Right. Um, and that was my initial idea of how I could monetize my, 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 I practice. think a lot of us start there. Yep. A lot of us think, okay, big ticket, high ticket. Let's do this. Let's just do this. Uh, and what I realized was that my clients, even though many of them were self-starters, highly motivated, were, let's just say, not that excited about the process. Right? Sometimes we vote with our, our money and our dollars. It doesn't correspond to our energy and motivation. <laughs> exactly. So, so most people, and I'll include myself in that, I realized that most people that I was trying to reach were motivated by the end result. So when is this going to happen for me? What do I need to do? Tell me what to do. Um, yeah. And that process for me as a coach didn't motivate me that much. So I, I initially felt I wanted to be kind of boot camp style instructor, military precision, training my clients like athletes. And that's the best way for you to perform as, a, as an individual in relation to fitness and movement. Um, and two eureka moments were one where myself as an individual was like, why am I finding it difficult to motivate myself to go to the gym? Like I've got a gym membership. I'm paying a significant amount of money. Um, the, the towels are really fluffy and comfortable. You know, great spa, great sauna, you know, uh, protein shakes ready. <laughs> It's, right, really ready to leave. Right. it's like all singing or dancing, but why on a Monday morning am I like, oh, maybe next Monday, maybe tomorrow. Um, I'm working excuses into why I shouldn't be working out today. Why am I putting this off? Even though I've had several years of this love affair of like, I can't exercise enough. This is just the best thing ever but I'm, I'm, I'm falling out of love with this. Oh my gosh. Oh, I pause, Daryl. That's brilliant because I, you are recognizing that, that pivotal moment that I tell my kids, you know, keep doing something until it stops being fun and then question what happened. Like where, what's the shift inside? Because, it, you know, you're doing that. So keep going. This is amazing. So, so that, was, that was one turning point for me of 
why am I procrastinating over this interventional intervention, which is really helpful? I've never been in better shape. I've never felt better about myself. I'm, I'm healthier than I've ever been, but I am questioning why I should be continuing this journey, right? So that was the first issue. The second was feedback from one of my clients. I remember doing an you know, exercise session with my client and he was like, if this is so good for me, why aren't you doing it with me? And I was just like, mm, I don't want to do this with you, <laughs> you know, right? For one. And secondly, if I do, it's all going to be about competition. So yes. I need to be better than you as, right. as the coach. So we remember the next session, um, I incorporated some play. I was like more playful, playing games, you know, interacting in a more collaborative way. Uh, and that process of me adapting the way that I was moving with my client and thinking about what I wanted to do to motivate myself to move more led to probably the part three of the story, which is this transition to the primal play method, which was, hold on a second, it's difficult for me to motivate myself, sustain a movement practice, even though I know all of the benefits, even though I feel really good when I do so. It's difficult to kickstart for me. Secondly, my clients are arriving late. They're, they're clock watching all the time. Yes. They, they're not giving 100% um, in, all, in all situations. Yes. I was like, I need to change my relationship between coach and client. And then the third was me having a long, hard look at myself and my history with movement. So when I looked back and I started to chart, well, okay, Daryl, just think of the, the times in your life where movement was paramount, you loved it, you would do anything to continue it. And of course, I went back to my childhood. I was like, it was when I was playing out all day, long summer days, where literally food was just something you stuffed down your face because you wanted to get back outside again. Yeah. And it was only when the sun went down and your parents said you had to get back in that you went in. And those days were just absolutely incredible. So that was a sort of like, I am living for the moment and all that matters is play. So that was the part one. Part two was me kind of fast forwarding and realizing where play featured less in my life, you know, late teens into adulthood where play was pretty much devoid unless it was going out, having a drink or playing poker or going to Vegas. Right. These sort of like substitutes for, for playful behavior as an adult. Yes. Adults um, forget how to play. Mm -hmm. We forget. But one of the things I remembered as, as an adult was, oh my goodness, there is something that I love doing that I could do forever. And that was dancing, going out to bar, to a club, you're playing your favorite music and it's like i've just got this incredible oh, yes. surge of energy yes where if the dj keeps playing the music yeah. i'm gonna stay on the dance floor <laughs> yes for hours and hours and hours so i was kind of like if i was going for a run i'm not wanting to run for hours and hours and hours and thinking i just want to continue doing this i'm like thinking when is this gonna stop it's just mm -hmm. punishing it's grueling i'm grimacing whereas if i'm on a dance floor doing pretty much exactly the same in terms of cardio and moving my body. I am having a smile on my face. Uh, there's some yes. joy uh, whilst I'm doing this. 
So those are the sort of the three phases of client, coach-client relationship, going back to my childhood and thinking how I could model and mimic those childlike behaviors in terms of movement, that joyful aspect of movement as an adult when I was out dancing all night, which I didn't want to necessarily continue to do as the only form of enjoying movement to developing the primal play method. Oh, that's, that's so beautiful. And, and I want you to talk about the primal play method, but before we do that, I, I see a lot of resonating with me in the fact that your first set of clients, you know, you were traditionally taught much like how uh, functional or holistic practitioners are taught in the old antiquated model, just charge a lot, high ticket, you know, get the people in, they're going to, you know, you'll be able to almost like an investment banker, each thing you put in, there's dividends, there's like a, it's a very linear growth and they, they do the work, they get the benefit. And that's not how the body works, nor is it fun. And you start to see that the culture you're around is not something that resonates. And so what you did is you explored the feeling, not really even knowing what the outcome is. You just knew, I want to create that feeling of joy that I had in childhood of endless fun and play. And I love to hear the story because I I resonate. That's kind of the vibe I had here as I'm building my offices. I didn't know what the outcome was, but I wanted it to feel a certain way in my body, like the the experience that people walk through. So as a person who loves movement and I'm a late in life athlete, I didn't start running until I was 40. I, you know, all these things. Um, I'm curious if if you are familiar with the work of Michelle Seeger. She wrote the book No Sweat, and she talks. She's exercise science physiologist. Talks about how any movement counts. Like we in America, we're always taught you have to have 10 minutes of cardio this many times yeah. a week. And you're doing the same. You're saying, hey, you know, let's find movement that works with the body that's playful. So, what a perfect thing to call it, primal play. Tell me about what that is. Yeah, so primal play and the primal play method was. Um... So I, I recognized that play in itself wasn't enough because if you're just playing, you know, you could be, you could be rolling down a hill, right? You could be blowing balloons, you, you know, you could be skipping through the tulips. That, that's very, all very playful behaviors, but it's not going to be giving you the benefits, the profound benefits of exercise, of, of basically working the heart and lungs cardiovascularly, of you know breaking down muscle fiber in terms of resistance training of adding external load um you know a lot of force production needed to work the body for the body to adapt and to to improve your strength and your cardiovascular capability and offer all of these health benefits so the body has to do a significant amount of work even though the starting point the entry point is 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 very easy you know, just stop being sedentary. That, that's a start point. So I wanted to combine these three pillars of the primal play method. So the first, the first P is primal. So this is our evolutionary biology, evolutionary fitness, how the environment that humans evolved under, the movement patterns that they uh, developed to, to work within that environment and trying to model that in the 21st century. So if you're looking at the base movement patterns of, you know, pushing, pulling, lifting, carrying, walking, running, sprinting, climbing, jumping, crawling, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So there's all, there's all these movement patterns that we developed to 
navigate the world around us to survive, right? So that's kind of the evolutionary biology piece, the universal moving patterns that all humans um, are capable of to varying degrees, right? Uh, then we have the exercise science, exercise physiology, which takes what humans are able, capable of doing and adds some modern validation to it. So now we kind of know how many minutes, what intensities, what recovery we need, what the benefits are at the kind of mechanistic level, the lowest possible level. We know what happens to our body, you know, before, during, after exercise, during recovery, how our body adapts, how, the, how it reduces inflammation, how it um, basically improves our health and vitality, not just physically, but also our mental health or emotional health. So there are all these benefits, a significant body of research telling us what happens when we exercise regularly, right? Um, we know what the sweet spot is. So we know what too little is, we know what too much is. We know the types of exercise we should be doing. So that's a second pillar, which is, uh, so that was uh, primal. The second is kind of is practical or powerful. There's a second P. And then the third is taking those two pillars and going, okay, this is what we're capable of. This is what we should be doing, you know, when, why, et cetera, the what. But how do I make that appealing? How do I make myself want to do this? So the third P is playful, which is play psychology. So it's taking that kind of bitter dose of medicine, of exercise medicine, <laughs> and making it a little bit more, more appealing. So sweetening that bitter pill, that polypill of movement, which has all of these benefits, but the benefits only come if you do it, if you take that medicine. So those are the three pillars of primal play. And that's why it's a method because there's a methodology, there's a system behind it whereby, you know, I know the why, I know the, the kind of the um, anthropology and the, the ancestry that leads us to the 21st century human. We know the detriments of a sedentary lifestyle. So the hunter-gatherer past, lots of movement, lots of activity, lots of play, Lots of rest, lots of joy, lots of celebration, <laughs> lots of danger. Right. <laughs> to the 21st century of relative comfort, um, you know, lots of convenience, most things accessible to us with very little effort for, for, right. for some of us. And, and there were, there were significant amount of dangers based on that. This kind of like our relationship to the chair. Yes. Of this, our relationship to sitting and, and, you know, physical inactivity. Yes. I mean, sitting being obviously the same as smoking, you know, as the World yeah, Health exactly. Organization said. And what I, I loved, you know, I've, I bought your book. I bought all the decks you have. And I know our listeners can't see, but, you know, I keep the, he's, he's got awesome card decks of, of different exercises. Uh, I have the office uh, fitness deck here. And what I love about this is you've incorporated play in this as well, you know, just pick five cards. I remember asking you, well, how would I use this? And you said, oh, just pick five cards and do the exercises. But what's especially keen, and I, I like the detail on this, I'm a detail person, um, is that 
not only are the cards very easy to understand, you know, they're high quality, I have to say, they also have different levels of, of fitness. So beginner, intermediate, advanced, but they're also inclusive with diversity, ethnicity. I like this. You know, I like that this is a world of play that you are creating. And that's very important as, as I imagine our children that we're bringing up in this next generation of who knows how the world is melting and changing. And I don't know, you know, what is going to be offered, but how would you recommend somebody start to incorporate those three pillars of primal play into their life? One of the main problems in functional medicine delivery is overwhelm. The future is visual. If you're a holistic or integrative practitioner looking to streamline your steps and build your own creative practice, let me help make it easy and flow channeled for you. Check out my premium subscription box delivery service. This is the first digital delivery service just for medical practitioners that are trying to put more functional and integrative principles into their practice. Subscribers get monthly deliveries of digital tools right to your inbox. Your first welcome box includes immediate access to over 60 editable functional medicine infographics. Yep, these are designed specifically for functional medicine. It makes your patient explanations easier, adherence is faster, and it's more fun. You also get a complimentary mentoring session with me, a one-on-one -on -one Zoom session, so I can help you highlight your bottlenecks and help you sequence your next steps. You also get a free copy of my book, Right Brain Rescue. Now, each month, you will have a new digital delivery box, and it will contain a new infographic release that's also editable, vaulted masterclasses from inside my Catalyst Studio 12-month mentorship, as well as SOPs, templates, and other digital tools you can apply in your clinic. There's no contract you can cancel anytime. It's like having a mini mentorship delivered conveniently right to your inbox. Everyone deserves to paint their own work-life masterpiece, and now we can color outside the lines together. Head to drlarasalier.com forward slash shop and check out the premium subscription box delivery service. I can't wait to work with you. I guess I have many questions like how do your sessions look when you're working with a group, but then also how would you recommend an individual start to look at using Primal Play? Yeah, so I suppose like any process, there's a, there's a, a kind of an induction, a, a kind of a, yeah, there's like an induction phase. So that induction is basically asking yourself the question, um, do I work out? Yes, no. Uh, if I do, do I enjoy it? Yes, no. If I don't work out, why not? And yeah. if one of the reasons are you feel it's a chore, if it's something I just have to do, but it's not, it's not meant for enjoyment, uh, then you're kind of my people, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're sedentary, don't want to be, and you want to find a fun way of moving in more than one way. So nearly everyone can think of at least one way of enjoying movement. Yes. Right? That could be with your partner. Okay. That could be, you know, going for a walk with a friend. That could be, you know, going out, doing your, your yoga session, you know, going for a run. There, there's, all of us has one, certainly one, at least one way of enjoying movement and hopefully sustaining that. Right. But we have a, a significant multifaceted 
smorgasbord of movement options that we're capable of doing. Yes. And by having this uh, fully featured diet of movement, right? That's where we achieve optimal benefits. Ooh. So, so, so treating movement like a, like a buffet, yes. like an, an, an all you can move. I like that. All you can move buffet where you're like, I don't just want to do one thing. I want to do a variety of things. One, because it increases enjoyment and longevity of performing that task, sustainability of, of, of having different things, you know, variety being the spice of life. Right. So it does that. It also ensures that my body isn't overly stressed in one particular domain because I'm working at different intensities, using sometimes strength, sometimes cardio, sometimes balance, flexibility, all these, all these different facets. So, so the induction phase is asking the question, mm, do I enjoy movement or not? Yes, no. Okay, if I don't, what can I do? And this, this phase is the kind of the loading phase where you go, let me just try lots of different things yes. mm -hmm. until I find what I really love. And my job as a, as a primal play movement coach is helping people to discover how many things are out there that are enjoyable, not yes. just what you're told. Yeah. You know, oh. so, you know yes. what I mean? So, so you, 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 so what I offer is not so much a prescription. It's, it's, it's almost like a, a path to discovery. So mm -hmm. it's a personal discovery where you go, yeah, there's, I have some ideas of what I enjoy, but my job is to go, no, 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 no. You think you enjoy those things. You, you're yeah. telling yourself you do, but here are some things that you're really likely to enjoy. Right. Well, so, and, so, <laughs> yes, you're giving them that childhood glee back. And I think that yes. is powerful. What we don't realize is you truly to use the food analogy, as you said, a, a smorgasbord, a buffet of movement, but you are the secret sauce. You've kind of gotten into the magic of movement in it is not as prescriptive or as, you know, um, a laundry list as we would say in the 80s and 90s, all the magazines, the five exercises you need to do to get the rock solid abs or the 10 glute exercises, you know, no, this is, that's very drill sergeant. And that might appeal to some that have different goals. If they want to be a power lifter, great. But what you're saying to the masses, which is why I love you have dialed your message out to reach everybody is we need to be rekindling that childhood glee. Maybe it was jump rope as a kid and, and, you know, not putting things out of the realm of possibility. You know, what was it that helped you, you know, love that with your, your friends. Um, and what I love is that you help us as we age tackle injuries because finding other movement is important. I, as I said earlier, I was a runner and I loved it. That was what I loved doing through injury. I can no longer be a long distance runner. So I've had to dial in different movement and I found jump roping, I found dancing and other weightlifting, but like you're helping people get this own personal recipe of movement that is primal and fun. And it doesn't feel like a chore. That's a, I mean, that's a fantastic way of summarizing, like, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of, so it's like learning to ride a bike, right? Where you, you have the stabilizer wheels on initially. And I'm like the stabilizer wheels. Yes. And I'm like, I can give you encouragement. I can help you add, add additional support. And then you need less of my support. And then it's like, yes. okay, we, can, we can remove the stabilizer wheels and, and now you're on your own. So, so what the common feature 
to all of humankind is we do have access to our inner child. You know, most of us have experienced, well, all of us have experienced childhood if we become adults, right? So we've all experienced childhood. Most of us have experienced play in, in its childlike form. And so if we have, we have those memories, we have that nostalgia, we have a recollection of where we no longer felt that was that, that should be part and parcel of our behavior, right? But in adulthood, we know we're starved of that. And so we create these adult forms of what our body yearns for. And so my job is to help individuals embrace their inner child, accept that it's okay to have a longing for that, but learn how to recreate that now. So I'll put it this way, right? Um, If you see, and humans do this a lot. So humans will kind of go, well, you know, when I was a child, when I was young, I had all this energy. I was, I had all these capabilities. I was an incredible human being when it came to movement. And I wish I could go back to that. Whereas if you had a big cat adult, let's say a panther, right? Or tiger. Can you imagine a tiger going, you know, an adult tiger going, I wish I was a cub again, because when I was a cub, I could do all these different things with movement. Hell no. Yes. <laughs> the big cat is, is going to be saying to the, its, its cub form to say, this is now the most powerful, the most capable aspect of my development. Right? So, 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 and the reason I say this is because as an adult, I don't want to be doing all the things that I did as a kid. You know, right. I, 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 I want to, to be cognizant of my adult capabilities, my adult abilities, but I want to maintain that mindset of, That's key. of a child. Yeah. That is key. Yes. So the yeah. curiosity, the exploration. Yes. The playfulness. The and you're playful right. Because look at even looking at that model further of a panther or a, a large, you know, a lion or whatever adult, you know, animal you have, they also get injuries and and they carry on. They don't stop their movement, you know. And so I think adults, we we kind of look towards, well, you know, I've got that that knee that doesn't work anymore. I guess I can't, you know, or my back or whatever it is, my neck. And and we are so rigid in our black and white thinking when it comes to exercise that, well, if if you can't look at every disclaimer in the front of every video or training session, please consult your doctor before you start any movement. And that's overkill. We need to start being creative and playful about, well, what did I love doing as a kid? And there's elements of that recipe you can incorporate in everything. And, and you're doing that for so many people. Scaled and scaled appropriately, right? Yes. Scaled accordingly. So so sometimes, you know, people might look at me, they might see me, you know, balancing on a fence or something or climbing a tree and they'll go, oh, it's okay for you because you can do that. But what about me? You know, look at my mobility issues, my age, you know, uh, my disabilities, my, my physical condition because of X, Y, and, and Z, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, what people don't realize is, again, if we go back to childhood, and if we go back to the purest form of, you know, you join a group of kids who are playing, you know, you, you, you come to the neighborhood and the kids are like, hey, come and play with us. And you don't know the game. You don't know the rules of the game. 
you are completely, you know, um, you are completely underperforming every single way, no matter what your physical abilities are, right? You will right. underperform because you don't know the rules of the game, right? The other kids will create an environment where they go, hey, you know what? You can have four goes instead of just one. You can have 10 lives. You only have to run 10 meters. You only yes. have to do blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so, so kids will that kid. <laughs> equalization and create these parameters so that they keep the rally going. Yes, right? it's flow. The kids love it's, it's, flow. Yeah, yeah. It kind of flows. And so there's a part of, of playing the game, which isn't, isn't like sports where it's right. really about winning, but playing the game where the real fun is how long can we continue to play this and have fun doing so, right? Beautiful. So, for example, if I was playing tennis, which I can't really play, you know, I can, I can hit the ball, I can get it over the net, yeah, but, but if I was going to have my best game of tennis and I said, for me to have my best game of tennis, I have to master all the skills needed to become one of the best in the world. Not going to happen. True. But if I said to myself, I want to have the most fun possible playing tennis this afternoon, right? I'm going to tell you what I would do. I would be like, I'm going to allow the ball to bounce two or three times on my side, right? I'm going to allow for trick shots, shots under the leg. I'm going to spin around. I'm going to like, you literally will do whatever you can to keep that ball in play, right? And to keep that rally going. Let's just get this ball back and forth. And that environment reduces the skill uh, requirement, right? It reduces the ability. It becomes less about who's scoring points, you know, and becomes much more about how can we maintain this kind of playful banter. And, and so that's what I recognize and it's taken me a long time to develop this as an adult of, of not developing, actually redeveloping, recapturing. Yeah. Yes, reclaiming. Spirit. Yeah, reclaiming, really, reclaiming yeah. our childhood glee and spirit and creativity. And I am so excited just of all the things you do in the little ways, in the micro and macro ways of transforming our thought around movement as less prescriptive and more playful, um, less rules-based and more collaborative and whatever we can do to let people play longer until the sun goes down. And really questioning yes. our interoception in our body, which is huge, not only in the research and the neurology behind creativity and flow, but just emotional development. And as adults in the world, we're learning how much we haven't connected and stayed connected to our emotions. And that drives us in success, in in failure. We're so adverse to failure. Oh, I can't possibly fail. I, I'm worried I won't be good at it if I sign up for tennis lessons. And where's the fun? Where's that kid in you that says, oh, well, let's just try and play the game and see what let's happens. Try. Yeah. And, and I mean, and that's, you know, talking about childhood, unfortunately, many kids of today are having mini adult experiences uh, during their childhood. Mm -hmm. So, so you know, our kids are being coached on how to play. They're having prescriptive play dates where adults yes. will say, "This is what you're allowed to do." Yes. And, and um, I had some. I had a dialogue today on on social media. Um, about an article that I'm featured in, and and this this adult who's older than I, basically said, 
kids, um, kids basically play with adult supervision. And I'm like, you know, that's now, that's nowadays. But certainly when I was a kid, free range kids was the, were the norm. Yeah. You, you didn't really see, you saw adults at school, adults would be indoors, but, but when you went outside to play, you pretty much only saw other kids. Right. And, and, and there was no supervision. No, you got to see, can I, can I make it across this log? Can I, can I jump across that pond? How far can I ride my bike? I mean, that's the kid mentality and it's, it's lacking in a lot of cities. Lacking. It's, it, it really is. And, and that, and so that unfortunate um, kind of recipe of sedentary behavior of kids no longer being able to go outside and play of not being able to partake in risky endeavors because no, you're not allowed to, you're not able to do so, sets up this recipe of, of emotional, a lack of emotional intelligence, of more mental health issues, more depression Correct. and anxiety, more Correct. bullying and cyberbullying, um, less physically capable um, than their peers of a generation ago. So there's, there's lots of research and evidence around these issues that are pretty much a very recent change in 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 you know childhood of, yeah. of of what was deemed to be the norm so yeah so i had that you know get up in the morning i you know if i said i was bored i was told go and amuse yourself get outside and do something yep. um, most of the time your friends would come around hey not 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 you're coming out to play i didn't say to them oh i'm a bit sore from yesterday's play uh, you know, I'm not sure what are we going to do. We're going to decide what we're going to do first. We're going to plan what we're going to do. We're going to. I'm going to ask my parents what we're allowed to do. Yeah. Like, no, you go outside. You explore the world around you. Hopefully, brought no trouble back home, and then you repeat the same thing yes. again. Yes. And next you day. learn. You know, and right. you're learning self-efficacy. You're learning your limits, yeah. and I think that's the beautiful part about reclaiming your own body because we are all going to have different capabilities. This is not about exactly. being an Olympic athlete. This is about. Yeah loving the body you're in and recognizing, okay, maybe I can't jump the farthest or run the fastest, but I love doing this and finding other ways the rules can adapt to me and my abilities. And I yes. like that you are creating movement as a self-expression of your own inner child joy. And that's really what I truly believe is medicine in healthcare. We've lost that ability for doctors, nurses, and the staff to be self-expressive in how they want to heal other patients. We're very regimented, and automated and robotic. And unfortunately, it's it's become clinically sterile. So, so these doctors are feeling like, well, I joined this profession because I want a relationship with my patients and I want to self-express my own unique personality in ways that I can help people change, much like a movement coach. You know, you get to learn your client. And that's what is needed in healthcare is this ability to be self-expressive again and bring that back and reclaim our own creativity. And you're doing this in the movement exercise psychology field. And I love this. Um, what would be one, you know, there's so many similarities that we have, but what would be one catalyst, pivotal activity or thought or mantra that you could suggest our listeners to just accept and think in and take away from, from this interview to get them inspired to try primal play? That, well, my personal quote about play is that play is not the activity, it's the attitude that you have, the, the mindset that you have. So you can do anything playfully, absolutely anything. 
And once you realize that, you are kind of unleashing your inner child. You know, you can then go for the run. And instead of you going for the run and thinking about, you know, uh, how many laps, how, your distance, or that sort of thing, you can start noticing. You can pay attention to your environment. You can start paying attention to how you can interact with your environment. You can treat it more like a playground rather than a running track, right? So, yes. so you just open up your eyes to more opportunities to move more when you think in this kind of playful way. So we are hardwired to play. We have these ludic genes. So we don't need to be taught. You know, a, a very young child doesn't need to be taught how to play. You know, within, within weeks, within months, kids are blowing bubbles. They're like, they're playing, they're interacting with objects. It's just what we do, right? And again, it, it's, it's, it's irrespective of our uh, abilities. You know, even within one's limitations, we still have this power to be That's beautiful. playful. Yes, so, that's beautiful. I think you're yeah. right. I love the play is an attitude, not an activity. That is not an activity. Beautiful, beautiful. Because, you know, this is how, you know, I like to, to coach my patients how to fall back in love with exercise and movement is very similar is, and how I started loving running is it became a playful thing. I would go and think, well, I wonder if I could do that same route a little bit faster walking. And then eventually it was, well, can I run to that stop sign? Am I able? Oh, I, I made it. Can I do two stop signs? And you, you gamify. And this is engaging the flow of, you know, the neuroscience of flow in your brain, which is a state where you produce all five neurochemicals of happiness, you know, coined by Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. And flow is also very human. All of us love flow. We're more productive afterwards. We feel better. And play is certainly a key part of that. So thank you. I think primal yes. play is going to change the world. And I know that you were recently featured in New York Times. Where else? I know you've been on the TED stage. Where else can people find you? Well, the best place is probably my blog, primalplay.com. Uh, so you can find out more about the Primal Play Method. I have three uh, free resources, eBooks that you can download. Um, I have lots of videos, lots of research uh, about the benefits of physical activity and, and playful movement. So that's probably the best place. On social media, I'm known as a fitness explorer. So you can find me on, you know, most of the social media platforms if if you choose to. And of course, if you Google Daryl Edwards, uh, then I'm, I'm very easy to find um, in relation to my, to my work with Primal Play. So those are the, would be the best places to find me if you want to kind of reach out to me personally. Um, or you can read my books. So I have uh, my last book for adults is called Animal Moves. I have a children's picture book, My First Animal Moves. Um, and I have a series of, of products um, in the kind of Animal Moves range, which yes. are Animal Moves fitness decks, movement decks. So for different ages, for different abilities, so I have an office, I have a Dex for children, um, for, for juniors, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, so yeah, those, uh, that's me. Those love are my it. books and those are my products. Daryl Edwards, you're amazing. And I love your mission and your work and your vision to create a more playful and active world because you're not just helping our mental health, you're helping emotional health and physical health. And, and this mission went from a tiny personal story and change to a huge global impact and initiative. And for that, we're all grateful. Thank you so much for being on the Catalyst podcast. No, thanks so much, Laura. And I, and I think I just really want to, just to 
just to kind of emphasize the the emotional and mental health aspects of, of movement, and especially with, with play. So as as you mentioned, some of these kind of feel good these feel good hormones. So so one of the things that we know is that if you perform the same activity but in a playful way, you will actually activate more of these feel good hormones. So there'll be more serotonin, the happy hormone. There'll be more of an endorphin rush, not yes. just at the end of the activity, but during the activity. So we release more endorphins. So endorphins are like a, a natural analgesic, natural yes. painkiller, not just physically, but also for the brain. So it's, it can, it's calming of trauma, dealing with trauma, reduces stress, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we have um, oxytocin. So oxytocin is a, is a bonding hormone, right? So it's known as the hug hormone or the love hormone. But just this interaction, having high, uh, eye contact, playing games like tag, chasing games as a kid, significant increases in oxytocin. They help to bond us, even though we're chasing each other, even, <laughs> even though there's yeah. competition, even though there's fear, we're increasing levels of, of, of oxytocin. We have dopamine, the risk-reward hormone. Yes. So again, you go back to your childhood, you recognize that many of the games you played were quite risky. There was an element of risk, climbing a tree. Yes. Playing hide and seek, being in the yes. dark, um, and, um, you know, playing tag, you know, where you're being chased, you're climbing a tree. There's all these activities where you're embracing an element of risk. You're learning to manage risk, but you're getting this significant dopamine response, which helps you to want to do it again. You're like, oh, wow, yes. I achieved that. I can do it better next time. I can do it more effectively next time. Let me try that again and again and again and again. So those are just a few of the hormones. Um, probably one more to mention is, is relation to GABA, especially in relation to kind of in the flow state. Yes. So GABA is, is, is helps to relieve stress, reduce mm -hmm. stress. So even in highly stressful situations where you've got this adrenaline rush and you've got elevation of cortisol, when you're playing many of those games, you've simultaneously got this kind of calming effect of where you're within flow, of you're recognizing that you're kind of in control of this playful state, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not uncontrolled stress. It's actually stress that you can control. And so GABA helps promote relaxation. It helps to promote better sleep. Um, so those, are, I don't know if I mentioned five, but those would be my five uh, uh, feel-good hormones that are activated by play, that are enhanced by being playful through active play. And, and of course, there's the kind of emotional health benefits because through social interaction, through play, we learn to be more kind of, um, we learn how to better relate yeah. to others, you it's know, true. through equalization, through, you know, having discourse around what the rules yes. of engagement are going to be. And, so and not taking ourselves so seriously. You know, I mean, yeah, adults yeah. are way too serious. And you reminded me uh, before we conclude, because I really feel like we could talk for hours and I want to honor your time. You've, you're a very busy and influential person. So thank you. But one last story. Uh, did you ever watch the TV series Friends in America? Yes. You did. Okay. I, I watched it in America and I watched it in the UK. In the UK. Okay. Cause I, I didn't know. I know that like there's a big fan base in the UK and I wasn't sure if yeah. you were part of them, but there's an yeah. episode that I will forever remember when uh, Rachel was running in Central Park and oh, he yes. asked, you know, well, 
why are you doing that? That looks horrible. And she's, and Phoebe, you know, uh, just sort of demonstrated you're, you're puffing your arms and you look angry. That doesn't look fun at all. And then Phoebe ran and she ran with glee, like a child and her arms are swinging. And Rachel said, you look like a maniac. That looks horrible. That's embarrassing. (laughs) And Phoebe just said, but it's so much more fun. And then what did Rachel do? She did the same thing and said, oh, it is kind of fun, you know, just being a kid again. And that's what you're doing for the world. So I just want to say thank you for helping us, you know, rethink our our activities and reclaim that inner playful child in all the movement we do. Thank you so much. And that is one of my favorite clips. Um, And I I, I relay that so often. But yeah, Phoebe running like a (laughs) five-year-old and and Rachel running like like a, a cyborg. Yes, you know, exactly. That's kind of the difference. So robotic and mechanical, uh, you know, uh, and no feeling. Yes. Know, uh, like just getting it done. Yeah, yeah just right. getting it done. Getting and then done. you have Phoebe who's just like, I- I'm just having fun. I don't care what I look like. I don't care yes. who's looking at me. I just want to enjoy being in the moment. And I think just to conclude that point of that self-awareness, which means, oh, I'm just so concerned about the world looking at me whilst I'm doing this, is if you can achieve that childlike state like Phoebe does in that run where you don't care about anyone, then it's the most mindful you can be. You're like, all you're thinking about is how good this feels right now, right yes. here, right now. And it isn't always achievable, <laughs> but yeah. certainly that should be one of our goals as adults, right? Yes. Of reclaiming that, that we had as kids, like, you know, yes. don't care. I mean, no, even don't care. It, yes. It, yeah, don't care. And if you think about it, it's even look at me, right? That's another thing that kids do, right? They're doing their, yeah. they're, they're doing their stuff. Look what I can do. And yeah. they're like, look, <laughs> look, look at me. Well, see, look at that, me. That's kid. what I love. That's what I loved about your booth is, is you were getting there, inviting people to kind of come in. And, and I just, I'm a sucker. I'm shameless. And when you said, you know, well, you know, do you know how to do a, a like a bear crawl or a push up? You know, and I said, well, sure. And I get down on the, the, you know, the expo floor and you're showing me how to do these extra. And it's just fun to just be yeah. mindful. And everybody needs to just kind of, you know, take that serious hat off and have fun with your body and learn how to move. And thank you, Daryl, for showing us the way with your Primal Play and Animal Moves products. For all of you listening, if you ever have a chance to bump into him at an expo, a booth, I mean, follow his blog, follow him on social media. He pops up across the world. Um, Definitely check out all his information. It is amazing. And I'll put all the links in the show notes. And once again, Daryl, thank you for spending this hour with me. You are an inspiration to everybody. Thank you so much, Laura. It's been absolutely fantastic. I hope we get to do it again sometime. Me too. And for those listening, please like and subscribe and share this episode with a friend who might need to reclaim that inner childhood glee and have fun again with Primal Play. Um, Stay tuned and uh, hope to see you next time. Keep coloring outside the lines. Are you feeling overwhelmed and exhausted by your busy medical practice? Are you struggling to find the energy and passion you once had? I understand, especially challenges that come with burnout in the medical field. I've experienced it myself, and I've dedicated my life to helping others overcome it using the neuroscience of flow acquisition. That's why I've created a playful 10-question assessment designed to help you measure your burnout and ability to get back into flow. Come play rock, paper, scissors. Your score will be matched to a persona. Are you a rock? Stable in your values, but difficult to motivate into action. You might avoid time management, so you're really not sure if you're making progress. Are you paper? 
You follow what the path should be on paper, but you might have difficulty making decisions with what matters most to you. Or are you scissors, happy to be busy, clip, clip, clipping along and smashing those goals, but you're suffering depleted energy and feeling exhausted? Your score will be tallied and you will receive a customized plan sent straight to your inbox. This catalyst compass is designed to jumpstart your journey to overcome burnout and find renewed energy. Don't let burnout take over your life. Take control today and just invest 90 seconds of your time to get your own catalyst compass. Visit drlarasalier.com forward slash catalyst and click the let's play button to unlock the path to a more balanced, passionate, and fulfilling work-life masterpiece. Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Catalyst Podcast. My vision is a world without burnout, and my mission is to teach 1 million medical professionals how to tap into creativity and flow to increase joy and well-being. We all deserve a medical career that is self-expressive, unique, and creative. You can help by signing up for my newsletters. One of my highest values is gratitude, so I love giving back. And each newsletter is gamified. The more you share, the more you win. It's easy to sign up. Just go to drlarasalier.com forward slash win. Thank you for coloring outside the lines with me.